You're with us for episode 31 of the Rocky Talkie podcast. I am your host, Rocky Riccatoni. Uh, sitting across from me is someone I'm approaching at least eight years, nine years of knowing I think so. her. A uh, couple of names she has. Um, she's kind of like a superhero. She has multiple identities. Uh, if you follow her on social, she is known as Smash Hair. And, and, and uh, her real name is Ashley Yuri. Yes. Um, wife of a very talented oh, super tattoo talented. artist, Kevin Yuri. Um, a mother, kick-ass hairstylist, and a pal. Yeah. And um, I wanted you on the show just because I love hairstyling. Because I, I was mentioning to you, I grew up in a hairstyling family. Had some barbers on, but I've never talked to a hairstylist. And I know you, and I respect you. I catered your Thank wedding. You. I know. Um, like, you we know, go back. We're, we're pals, I think, yeah. bonafide. And yeah. uh, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I feel honored. Um, how's the wine, by the way? It is delicious. Cool. I love it. I like that you requested wine specifically. I'm like, okay. My goal is to have a really good portable green room for my guests and have oh. a, a good... I like it. Yeah, this one's a little humble, but... Um, Okay, let's jump right in. I um, so as, as a, a brief background, I was in hairstyling for probably eighteen years. I was really bad at it because I didn't really care because I took it for granted because I grew up in it. I knew how to do the Caesar cut. Oh, like that's classic. If you want a Caesar cut, yeah. I'm your guy. <laughs> My next haircut, yeah. maybe. Okay, um, but it never happened, and um, I do regret it. Uh, but because of, of watching my grandparents and my mother and my mother teaching me at hairdressing school, everybody cut hair. I have serious love for it and serious respect for it. And um, I'm excited to hear from you specifically about hair. One of the things that I love about you and following you in your socials is there's a couple of different types of people that are in the hair industry. There are people that are kind of automatons. They're really good at what they do. They know their 10 cuts and styles yeah. and they, and, and they're, it's kind of like a box cutting, uh, box cutter cutout experience where you go in, you do your small talk, and you get in and you get out. There's no real pursuit of education. There's no vibrancy. There's no um, movement forward. There's kind of like, this is what I do. I have it on lock. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. No, some people are very comfortable yep. being yep. right where they are. And then there's people that... Uh, work for corporate entities and they, and it's, you know, they're, they're considered on the lower rung. I, they're just trying to make an honest, you know, wage. And then there's people that I would consider who are more, uh, I would say artists where you carry and wear your career on you mm -hmm. on top of your hair, on your arms, with your tattoos, your socials, like you are moving forward. There was no dust collecting on you. I think every time I see you, you have a different hair color or a different hairstyle. I know, I know. You I'm are, actually... yeah, you are a chameleon. <laughs> so can you, let's just, let's just start there. Um, it's definitely an identifier of who you are and you definitely have a brand. Smash hair is a brand. Yeah. How intentional, hey. how, in how intentional was that for you? Um, honestly, like smash, smash hair kind of just fell into place without really thinking about it too much. I always had the name smash okay. and then, um, wait, like a nickname, nickname. Really? Yeah. yeah. So okay. it was Smashbox, smash, <laughs> just depending okay. who it was. Um, and then I, when I first joined Instagram, I was Smash360. Okay. And then when I actually went to Strut yep. Salon and started there, um, it was 
needed of me to create a hair specific account. So I was like, oh, I'll just call it Smash Hair. Huh. And it just organically happened and stuck. And it's good. Yeah. It works. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, a couple of years ago, I decided to leave Strut and uh, venture on my own. Good for you. And I also wanted to make sure that, I mean, like everybody can just like, decide to do their own thing. But I wanted to make sure that what I was putting out there is a reflection of myself. Mm -hmm. So it was really important for me to brand myself and kind of create my own, my own hair identity that, you know, because I've always been under somebody else's brand and somebody else's interpretation of what Mm -hmm. they want for their, um, essentially their business. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I worked with a wicked company. Uh, they were based out of Hamilton. I know who you're talking about. I can't, yeah. I can't oh, remember. Oh, Sierra. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hey. Yeah. Um, yeah, they literally, everything that was involved in branding myself, I really had no clue what I was getting myself into. And they really give you like a workbook. Right. So that was something that was really cool to learn about and actually really put more thought into. Right. Oh, okay. So there's there's some depth into branding yourself, not just here's a name right. on a on a business card. Here's a here's a logo. It's you know what kind of person are you? What do you want to bring to the table? What are you trying to give to your clients? What kind of clients are you trying to attract? So creating the whole ideal package essentially. So that was really cool, and they were amazing to work with. And I've kind of worked with them here and there over the last couple of years, just like, oh, you know, I really want to upgrade on doing this mm-hmm. with my socials. Can you help me? Um, and they've just turned everything that is in my head. Right on. And it's like, blah, 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 on, on words into an email. And it's, it's an immersive thing that I, when, I, when I watch what you're doing, like I, I, I buy in. Thank you. I'm like, I like this. This is yes. this is good. This is good. And I feel really um, jealous that my account looks like the way it does in yours. <laughs> it looks so good. No, no, no. It's so good. Uh, so um, so I, I'm, I'm considering about, so I have, you know, like I have food, I have, you know, the coffee shop thing. I'm a musician. I have yeah. this. I have a, a lot of like jack of all trade things. And I'm- uh, Got a lot of hats. Yeah. And my wife bought me a website for my birthday. So I'm like, okay, I'm-, I'm Dare I say, maybe I should kind of do all those things and funnel them to one spot mm-hmm. and become a, quote, personality. Yeah. But I have imposter syndrome and I feel a little bit like a douchebag. I'm like, oh, it's, I, I, I don't that's know. That's very real. And I, and, very I, real. and I wanted to hear I, from you about that because like, it's one thing to think about it. It's one thing to have an account and to be known as a professional. But when you start like branding yourself, yeah, that's a different thing. And And there's... Hundreds of thousands, you've likely had hundreds of thousands of eyes on you over the course of however long watching. Did you struggle with that? Yes. Okay, as tell much me as all I'm about like, it. As much as I'm just like, this is me, I'm going to own it, which I do, but there's, it comes with like, oh my God, yeah. like, this is what I love. This is what I love to do. This is, these are things that make me happy and bring me joy and, is that going to be portrayed the way that I think it's going to are, you know, is what I'm putting out there what people want to see mm-hmm. or is it just something? Cause I think it's great. I'm going to put it out there and maybe that's where 
and I, I try not to second guess myself too much. Um, because I mean, it, that's a spiral. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to go down. But so far and so good for you though. It's been great. So we're, we're going to do some work with a photographer for the new espresso bar we're doing. And we're yeah. going to do like a four hour shoot of like, 400 shots. Yes. And then we just pulled from them. Is that kind of how you guys approached it? You just did a huge dump of, but the, the reason why I ask is because even in your, even though you have this account with them and you likely would have done a huge package up front, you're still changing. Your hair color is always like all the time. So are you, are you actively working with them in like perpetuity a little bit where no. you're no, no. So it's really just, um, they are great. I feel like when you start working with Osira, they, are really there to help mentor you in other ways. It's not just a one-stop shop. Okay. Okay. We're done. You know, if I do have questions on, I was actually recently when I was considering raising my prices, um, I had reached out and I was like, help me. Mm. Like, I don't know where to start. And they were like, okay, here you go. This Amazing. is how we can break it down for you. So they're, they really make you feel comfortable um, shout out Osierra. Yeah. Like maybe they major, should come on the podcast. That would be amazing. They're really good at, at talking. Okay. I, they make videos and so uh, you're, you're a believer. Totally. Amazing. Like what they are putting out there. I want it all. Yeah. It works. Like, it's working. It's great. Yeah. And I really try to take feedback and take criticism mm-hmm. as much as I can because like feedback, if they've given me whatever ideas they have given me, I was like, okay, perfect. I'm going to do this, this, and this. So, um, they, at one point they got tattooed by Kev, which is great. Like, I love that we share clients, which is super cool. cool. Um, so they were telling Kev, like, you know, we're super proud of Ashley because whatever we've given her, she's taken with and she utilizes it. it. So that was also something like, I don't want to pay for something that I'm not going to use. 100%. When you're investing in yourself, it's, I mean, it's not cheap. And I really wanted to make sure that I was given it a hundred percent. Good for you. And I, I can see that. Um, let's go back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I take for granted my story because I grew up in a hair salon. So I was like, yeah, I'll just do hair. Yeah. But people come to it organically and naturally and honestly. And um, I think hairstyling and barbering is uh, known. The nuances of it are, mm-hmm. are, are not known uh, very much. No. Um, and even down to people who ask you, oh, do you, can you make money doing that? And, and people don't realize that you can make north of, you know, 90, make 100. You can make a you lot, can make a lot of, of money. money. Yeah. Um, so th- right down to what they think uh, the value is for a person uh, doing that job to the consistent education and keeping your yourself sharp, no pun intended, and the amount of uh, energy that is expended just dealing with humanity in your chair. Yes. So I want to, we're going to, we're going to go there, yeah. but uh, I want to hear about uh, how it all started, how old you were, how you decided to, to do it and how you started training. Oh my God. I, I was actually thinking about this a few days ago and growing up, I've actually always loved doing hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, pro- I don't know, maybe eight, nine doing my sister's hair. My grandma actually taught me how to braid. Nice. Uh, my grandma, who is my person, yeah. I love her and look up to Still her. Still alive. Still alive. Awesome. Kicking. Um, she 
always loved doing hair and she actually couldn't afford to go to hairstyling school. And so she taught me what she knew, which was super cool. And I just fell in love with it at such a young age. And that was like 10, ask me at my 10 year old self, I was going to be doing hair. Wow. 100%. So the braid, the French braid was your gateway. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Like I, styling hair is really what I got into first cutting came later. Right. And you see that because you definitely do a lot of weddings, a lot of updos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so it was it a tactile experience where you're like, I love working with my hands. I like starting with nothing and then ending with something. Like what, what is it about it? Is it the intimacy of having your hands on someone? Is it the communication? Is it all of it? I would say it's kind of a combination of all of it because like, you are in such an intimate one-on-one yeah. setting. Touching somebody is very personal. Yes. Hair means so much to a lot of people. It's mm-hmm. very personal to a lot of people. Um, you know, it's it's super huge if you're about to lose your hair. Yeah, it's the pe- I, it's. If you were a sentence, yeah. your hair is the period on the sentence for a lot of people. It's like, yeah. this is like, yeah, I'm sorry. This is like, it's the first yeah. thing that you see yes. on somebody. Yes. You know, if you're having a bad day, a bad hair day, it kind of just filters into your life and you're just yeah. like, well, my, I woke up today and my hair was shit. So yeah. that's my day. No one's looking at your kneecaps. No. It's your no. hair. Yeah. So go on, go, go on. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like what's also super cool is having like yesterday, actually, I had a client come in and she was blonde and she wanted to leave with fiery color melted hair. I was like, okay. So the next few hours we spend a lot of time together Mm -hmm. when I'm doing a color service. So, so let me say like, so just for those listening, uh, you know, someone getting a color job, Mm -hmm. whether it's foils, a tint, a whole, a whole color. And if you're getting a blowout and a cut, that could be as long as four hours for some procedures. Absolutely. That is a, that's a surgery. That's, Literally, I do hair surgery. That's, that's that's what I do. That's a big deal. Yeah. So many ways I want to go with this. So so before I start uh, digressing and going into too many things, so ten years old, we go back in time. You mm-hmm. know, you want to be a hairstylist. So how yep. old were you? Did you go to the traditional route where you did school? Yes, I did. Where'd you go? So I first went to. Um, a place in St. Catharines. I actually can't even remember what it's called. It's not Marvell. No. Okay. Um, they ended up, they were only open for a couple months and ended up closing down. So okay. that didn't work out. Okay. Um, so I ended up coming to Hamilton and went to Lorenzo's. Nice. R. Shout R. out Lorenzo's. Yeah. So yeah. you were, you were team Lorenzo. I was team Marvell. Oh, okay. my mom, my okay. mom was, a, was a teacher. Uh, okay. So, and you were how old? I 20. So this is when I realized I actually didn't want to do hair because I, so it was an 11, I think it was a nine month course and I was there for Mm -hmm. a year and a half. I'd had almost three Christmas parties. That's how bad I was. And I still didn't graduate. (laughs) And my mom was a teacher. Um, So I was like, oh, I hate this. This is, and and it's just not a studio. I hate school period, but I was like, you know, rolling, rolling sets, pink goo. It's a lot. Finger waves. No. It's very tedious. If you don't like tedious yes. things if you don't like touching people's hair first off which i'm fine with and i love detail oriented yeah. food i mean i'm it's, and it makes no sense because my living is is i make you something and then you consume it and it's gone but it's the detail you put into making yes. that i appreciate it. it's good same thing different yeah. discipline so i won't be too hard on myself but so 20 you're still a kid pretty much mm-hmm. but um how was that experience for you 
Oh. Did you enjoy it? At first, it was a little rough. I Because I had just moved to Hamilton, never lived in Hamilton before. From? From Grimsby. Okay. Um, Grimsby, St. Catharines area is yeah. where my family is. Uh, moved to Hamilton, literally knew nobody. Uh, luckily, I had a girlfriend of mine I used to work with at a grocery store, and we started hair school together. Cool. And... And I, I feel like that first month of really you're starting school, there's so many nerves. You're like, am I doing the right thing? Right. Yes. Yes, I am. But once you kind of get over that, it was, I think I was there for about 10, 11 months. Like I did it just over the amount of time that the course is, which I think you were correct, like nine months. Nine I think is something the like course, that. Something like that. And uh, yeah, and then actually from there, I started in a salon as an apprentice. So it was kind of like, boom, boom. Cool. Mm-hmm. So no one knows nothing about hairdresser school. It is its own thing, except for mm-hmm. maybe when they see Frankie Valley singing beauty school dropout in Greece. Yeah. Um, what is hairdressing school? Please, please, <laughs> please walk someone through. You wear a lot of black. Yes. So the I smock. mean, it is, Yeah. Get used to black. If you like bright colors, throw them out because hair yeah. school, <laughs> it's yeah. quite uniformed. Are there any uh, standout memories of your first client that you took on or, you know, <laughs> trying to get the finger wave or like, I, I, there's got to be a standout moment where you're like, Whoa. there's a couple. Yeah. I would say the first time I worked on a client, uh, when you're working with the public downtown, mm-hmm. People, mm-hmm. that you, you get some interesting characters. I have a story for you when you're ready. Oh, goodness. Um, I do remember also in one of my exams, um, my mannequin head kept popping off of its stand. And I literally like smashed it head <laughs> fist down and was just like stupid mannequin. I don't know. I probably swore in there too, but... It was so quiet, and all you heard was me smashing this thing down. <laughs> One of my girlfriends is just like, Ashley. I'm like, well, it's yeah. not staying on. And it was an exam. And it was an exam. So, so hands-on exam. Yeah. It was probably a roller set or learning like yeah. the perm rods. We, I had a, a guy that was in the class, and he, uh, his name was Frank, but he insisted on being called Franz. Very big personality, uh, actually <laughs> hilarious. Um, but he was, thank God he was wearing gloves, but it wasn't a homeless person that came in, but he was like, he was rough around the edges. Yeah. And um, he was shampooing the, the person and he noticed that the texture of the hair was changing. And he looked down and his left hand was in, underneath his scalp between the skull and his, Stop it. his hair. The guy must have gotten in a fight <gasps> and was inebriated and didn't feel the pain. And it was like, oh my God. Wow. Yeah, and it was just one of those like surreal, oh my, you know, you look- Like, what you, do you do? You, just, you know one of those things yeah. when you're doing something, it's like when you drink something that you think you're drinking a Coke and then you realize it's orange juice. And like, that, that, like, yeah. it, that was the kind of thing. Game face. Yeah. You could put yeah. on a poker face. Yeah. So inner city hair, hairdressing school yeah. is a thing. It's a- yeah. Yeah. Do you love, do you, you still love what you do? Oh, 100%. Every isn't, day. Isn't that nice? It is so nice to wake up yeah. and I get to, not only do I get to play with people's hair every day, I get to make people feel like a mm-hmm. million bucks mm-hmm. when they leave. You know, I still, 
if I know I have a prep day the next day, I will run through the steps, not from a perspective of anxiety, but from like, oh, I can't wait to yeah. look down and see myself cutting that zucchini. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. It's just, it's just like, and uh, interesting, I, I, my mom used to call them hair mares, work mares. Oh my God. And I love that. when I was working in hairstyling it, I realized I never had those dreams. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I'm like, I don't have those dreams because I don't care about hair. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I started cooking, I started having food related nightmares. And I was like, okay. Food mares. I give a shit. Yeah. 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 So, um, how are you with going there with people and the gift of the gab? Does it come Ooh, naturally I could for you? Talk. Yeah. I could talk. And that's great. I feel like what's nice too is when you have clients who are having a day, yeah. you know, they just need to vent to somebody. It's nice to, I have a comfort level with them because they do know me. Yep. Um, but sometimes it's nice to just have an outsider's perspective of your inner circle. And I'm, one that even though you might be my client, we're having a serious conversation and you got some life stuff going on. Mm-hmm. I'm not generally just going to take your side because you're my client. I'm going to give you kind of both. You objectivity. Yes. Good for you. And Because you don't have to do that. No, That's good that you are. No, but I feel like it's important to have and, you know, I'm not just a stylist. I am a therapist. Absolutely. So... There's, there's been some things over the years that people tell you and no doubt you kind of like, I've definitely cried with so many of my clients. There's, I've been through divorces. I've had clients come out to me before they come out to anybody else, which is like, that's a huge, that's a responsibility, responsibility. but I also feel so honored that somebody would be that comfortable with me, um, to have any sort of life thing really Mm -hmm. and to tell me about it. I would say that your ability to be objective is, was probably the indicator that made them realize that you're actually listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I give a shit. Yeah. I can tell. Yeah. I realized fairly early on in my um, ill-fated career as a hairstylist that, you know, you could, you can do well if you have the technique. Yeah. But the people with personality, they make the money. Absolutely. And if you have technique and personality, yeah. the world's your oyster. My biggest pet peeve is I not so much it happens now because I'm older and I have my established clientele, but I find with when I used to do younger girls yeah. hair, for instance, it was like, oh, I love doing hair, like my friend's hair. Like I've thought about going to hair school and then, um, I don't know, I'll just do like whatever with it. I'm like, do you actually love doing hair mm-hmm. for your friends mm-hmm. or would you like doing hair for strangers? And would you like to stand on your feet all day? Would you like to do this? Would you like to do that? And they kind of look at me like, uh, I love that you're doing that. You're a gatekeeper though. Yeah. Because you know what? You I care. love what I do. Yeah, I absolutely. do care about what I do. And if you don't, people can see right through that Yes, and you won't make any money 100%. because no one wants somebody yeah. who does their hair shitty. And you can see it a mile away. And, and I think that's one of the things that I get my back up on behalf of the hair industry mm-hmm. is because I went to school with a lot of people that are just like, yeah, I'll just do hair. I, mean, I was one of them, but, yeah. but I was like, you know, my older self, I'm like, no, no, do it, find something and kick the shit out of it and Literally. do a good job. 
Yeah. If yeah. you are not passionate, whether it's hair or anything, anything. else that you're doing, yeah. like you literally have to wake up every single day and do that thing. So why not be happy about it? So funny. <laughs> it, it's, it's, uh, if I had the ability, I would do a documentary on, on, on hairstyling. Cause it's, it's its own ecosystem. I'll in it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so I want to understand more about your, your personal business that you have right now. Where are you working out of right now? So I'm actually in two locations. Okay. So I have a home-based studio. Okay. And then I recently started working out of the Mystic Peach downtown. Oh. Yeah. So spray cool. tan sugars. Right on. Brows. So you split your time? Mm-hmm. This is why I was going to ask you because... It, a hair salon with multiple stylists. Um, I think it's definitely con- contributes to this thing, but I always talk about the phenomenon that Tuesday. So hairstylists generally work Tuesday through Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's kind of humdrum and, and normal Thursday is usually the late night mm-hmm. and that has its own vibe. Friday. Everyone's like got this new kind of energy. It's like Friday, but there's something about your, your dancing. Yeah. And you see, yeah. Saturday has its own oxygen. And it, it's a busy as hell day, but yeah. the energy and the vibe makes it okay somehow. Have you noticed that Saturdays are its own thing? Totally. What, they, what do you think that is? It's, Can you explain that to, to a layman? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I think maybe it's a combination of it's the weekend for most people. Yeah. Um, Saturdays, I feel like everyone's just in a good mood because they got to wake up on their own time. And it's the last day too. It's the last day. It's, and they're getting their hair done. Fatigue, second wind for the hairstylist, maybe. Yeah. 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 I love Saturdays. Saturdays are kind of like, you're either like super into it and up and you're feeling it, or it's just like, this, this day needs to end. Yeah. So, and I remember those days. So do you miss the camaraderie and the energy that happens when you're with other humans? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was part of the reason of me actually venturing out okay. of the home for a little bit. I love I, that. Yeah. I, you don't have to do that, but you chose to do that because you miss yeah. the culture of people yeah. in a salon. It's so fun. Yeah. Like the girls at the peach, we've actually known each other for so long. I do both of their hair and Steph, the owner, she's been a client of mine since I started hairstyling like 16 years, I think now, 17 years she's been with me and I'm a client of hers, which is amazing. So we all just vibe off of each other Cool. and it's, it's so nice. Good for you. It's fun to laugh. Not just, I mean, not that I don't laugh with my clients, but it's nice to have, you know, they get the client aspect. They get that clientele vibe, Mm -hmm. work vibe. So it's, it's really good. You have a beautiful family. You have three you. Uh, gorgeous kids. Uh, how old are the, the older ones? So the twins are four and a half. They're handsome kids, man. Man, that's all Kev. They're handsome kids. <laughs> they are so freaking cute. Yeah. Thank you. And your little one. How Thank old? Thank you. Jasper is five months, almost six months. Amazing. And so you're back to work full time. Yeah. So hairstyling is, a, um, is unique in, in the sense that when moms have to be moms and leave, mm-hmm. um, it's not like working at IBM where your job's waiting for you and you're protected by a union. Yeah. And someone's got a contract to fill your spot for that time. Um, there can be a serious depletion of clientele. Oh, um, totally. Unless you have diehards, which I have a feeling you do, but, mm-hmm. but uh, it's a thing. 
I yes. watched my mom and my aunt go through it. I remember watching when I worked at a place called Wigsville in Burlington. This guy was an old school cat, great, phenomenal stylist. Goes back to my, my grandfather's days. Anyway, the girl who, who was going to tell him that he had raised up since 15, that she was pregnant. It was like she was in the principal's office. Oh my God, She's like, sure. John, I, I have to tell you something. He's like, what is it? Are you, di- are you dying? I, mean, I probably cried when I told my boss <laughs> I was like, pregnant. I'm pregnant. And she was just so scared. And thank God he, he, he reciprocated lovely. But I was like, oh my God, this is, you know. It's so real. So how did, how, do you, how did you navigate that? And did you suffer for that in terms of your bottom line when you went back to work? Yeah, I would say initially going back after the twins because I did take a full year at leave, which was amazing. Um, I did work wedding season, Mm -hmm. um, which was maybe not the greatest (laughs) thing to do when you're, you know, you got two babies to take care of. How old were they when you were doing up dues for wedding? Six months. Oh wow. Seven months. Crazy lady. Yeah. Okay. Wild. Um, so going back, it was like, okay, I need some flexibility. Um, And I mean, I was working at Strata at the time. Mm -hmm. Stacy was unreal uh, with working with me. And if I got a phone call, it's like, oh, hey, I need to leave. I need to cancel this client. Okay, well, where can we put this client to make up for the time that you're not going to be here? And leading up to even having the kids there's, you know, when you're pregnant, you have appointments, ultrasound appointments that you had to go to, um, being pregnant with the twins because they were identical. I was not fully high risk, but in between. Mm -hmm. So I had appointments every other week. So luckily most of them were done on Mondays, but I can't imagine like during the week taking time away from work Mm -hmm time from clients and when you're booked at least a month or two out like where do you put those right, people right so it's it's a lot that's a challenge man yeah but it worked out okay though definitely twins twins what's that like <laughs> i Ke- can't imagine literally kev and i will wake up sometimes <laughs> we're just like twins huh yeah like, remember that time we had two babies at the same time wow they are a handful. Actually, Charlie really wanted to come with me today. Aww. He's like, can I come? I'm like, next time, next time, babe. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, it's so fun because they have a twin thing. Right. And it's, it's not something that siblings have. No, it's different. It's totally different. Um, when they couldn't talk, they had a twin language <sighs> and they, they thought they were hilarious. And me and Kev would look at each other like, did you understand That's any amazing. of that? It's super cool. It's super fun to see, even though they're identical, they go through periods where it's like, oh, you look so different. Oh, right, you look right. so different. And then other times it's like, oh, I'm not sure who's who. Okay. <laughs> That's a thing. Perfect segue. Cause I'm like, am I going to be stupid for asking this question? But like, there are some identical twins that are identical they're identical what's that like to be a mother and go i don't know who you are which one are you you know what it actually like i thought i would be so good and like when i look back at old photos i'm like i'll know who's who no you do not you need to label your pictures wow all the digital stuff start like putting on who's who because there are some days 
that, especially if they want the same haircut, we are very much like we want them to have their own individual identity. identity. Because, oh, you're the twins. You're the twins. I actually never really refer to them as the twins. Mm -hmm. We refer to them as the boys. So they actually call themselves the boys, which is super cute. Um, But it's some days, especially when they get a fresh haircut, you look at them from behind and it's like, um, I'm not sure. Wow. When you found out you were having twins, was that a good day or a bad day or a bewildering, confused day? I always wonder. So many emotions. Um, I went in for my ultrasound. Kev actually wasn't with me because he was coming back from a guy's weekend. So I went to the ultrasound with my stepmom and my ultrasound tech was just like, so do you like surprises? I was like, literally not even cluing into anything. And he, I was like, uh, like, I guess he's like, well, you have two of them. And then he turns the monitor towards me and I, he's like, so here's one baby and here's the other. I literally was just like, Oh my God. God." I started laughing and then I started crying. For sure. You would were crying. And I, I was like, it took me a very long time to process. We were having two effing babies at the same time. And this was my first yeah. time being pregnant. Yeah, that's, uh, as a parent, I don't think you think about it the way you do unless you're a parent. And I no. think about all that and, and I yeah. just can't even. Like, I love when clients tell me that, oh, so a friend of mine was just found out she was having twins. I'm like, how is she? <laughs> check on her Does on a regular help? basis. Yeah. And even after the twins come, check on her. Make sure she's okay. So is that, are you, are you guys... Calling it after after three? Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. So you're yeah. good. You're done. Yeah. Okay. I like. I enjoyed my pregnancies. Jasper mm-hmm. was a little bit harder. I'm good for babies. I would have a baby for somebody else. Yeah. I would totally be a surrogate. really. I yes. I you're, think you're, that is you're so cool. Fun. You're a cool cool cat, man. Oh, yeah. I'm uh. Now I sound. I know how ridiculous I sound when I say this because I'm not carrying the child. Yeah. But I'm not done. <laughs> I'm not done having babies. Uh, my wife's not really either, but she's like 90 time. But um, because I came to everything so late, mm-hmm. uh, the idea that this could be it at two, it, it, makes, me, it makes me cry. For sure. Because I'm like, no, man. Like, like, you sometimes know. You, you're kind of like, it, is this it? Yeah. Like, are we, are we done having kids? Yeah. Is this, do I want to just see these two grow up? Faces in 20 years, yeah. Just the two of them, nothing yeah. wrong with that, yeah. but yeah. I have a big family. I Kev, he only has his sister. Yep. So I knew I never wanted a big family. Um, so we actually, we have four kids because Kev has a daughter. Right. So having four kids okay. is a lot. Yeah. Luckily she's older, so yeah. she's a great help. But three is um, a nice number though. Three's great. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a party they wanted a girl? It's a horrible question. It's a horrible oh, question, no. but I we honestly thought Jasper was going to be a girl. Yeah. We were so pumped. Yeah. So I was like, yes. This and then when we found out he was a boy, we were like, what? Huh. No way. Yeah. We got lucky, man. Boy and a girl. Yeah, like yeah, Sam and Layla. That's amazing. They're so cute. They're Layla's face. Oh my goodness. You know what? I really want you to. We, we've been talking about this for about five years. Yeah. Having, a, having a park date. Yeah. We will get there. But yeah. uh, I, I would love for you to spend time with Layla. I think she. I think she'd yeah. love you. But I think you'd get a kick out of her. She's. She's. She's a firecracker. I love it. Yeah. Love it. Um. Oh come on, Rock. I had. A, I had the next question and it's gone. Um. 
I wanted to circle back to not your skill set. You, you, you're obviously skilled, but every hairstylist seems to kind of lean towards a certain thing. Like for mm-hmm. me, I was a cutter. I loved cutting, mm-hmm. um, which makes sense because now I use a knife. But yeah. um, you seem to me, I know you do it all, but I, if I was a gambling man, I'd say you love hair, like updo's hairstyling and color. That is correct. What is it about coloring that you love? First of all, the learning curve on that scares the shit out of me. It's crazy. Can we so, can we talk about that? Let's let's talk about yeah. like learning how to chemically and chemically. pH balance. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're mixing like clients look at me when I'm mixing because they can see everything that I'm doing. Yeah, they're like you're just mixing potions and everything's in number form. Alchemy. So so you do it in front of them. Yeah, we always went to the back, yeah. the proverbial back room. Yeah, is that a conscious decision to do that, or is that a space thing, or what? A uh, little bit of both. Okay. Um, being at the peach, I actually am completely separate, so I'm mixing everything where my clients can't see, okay. um, which is also kind of nice. I don't really have a preference. Okay. I I think most people don't like to mix color in front of clients because when you're trying to think of your formulas, clients aren't used to seeing that. So it's like, oh, what are you doing? Right, what right. color is that? What color are you doing? Okay, so let's talk about that. So for me, you know, I can look at, I can taste something and go, I know, I know what they did here. I know mm-hmm. the steps. Or I can, once you learn your base things, you can get there with a lot of recipes because you understand the alchemy of a dish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've often wondered this, and I've never actually asked anybody in my purview that could give me the, the answer to that question. But when you're doing a color and you're manipulating the formula, is it like, oh, this needs salt and a dash of this and a dash of that? Or, or, or are, you, are you coming at it mathematically and clinically with the science? Or is it both? No, a little bit of both. Yeah. I would say because it's not just a lot of times, it's not just pop the color out of the tube. I need a medium brown yeah. and then that's it. You have to take into consideration, well, does the client want warmth in there? Do they want it? a little more ashy. So what are we neutralizing? Wow. There? And then, you know, if someone does want a red brown color, let's say, well, I want to punch it up with some red intensifier. Well, if you add too much red intensifier, it's just going to take over mm. and that's not what you want if you don't add enough. So it's kind of like, and two, it is sometimes trial and error. You can do like one time you do the hair. It's like, Oh, I'm going to add two dashes of the red intensifier. Well, now I know next time I would like to punch right. it up a little you bit. Put it in the so, card and you can adjust, yeah, write it down. So, so colorists have a recipe card. Basically yeah. you put in your time, your, your the time that they're, it's on the hair and you know, yeah. but for people who don't know what Ashley's talking about is, is you're literally squeezing toothpaste out of a tube. Totally. Into, a, into a plastic bowl the and you have a white liquidy substance called peroxide yeah. and uh, you mix it. And, and the fact that you can see the finished styled realization of that while looking at a, a bowl of goo is amazing yeah. to me. It's almost like it's, back to the future. You press the button and you get instant food. Oh, like, okay, so what's the learning curve like on that? Like, like that's, that would scare me. I remember at first, like, with a lot of color lines, I remember um, mixing a red color, and as it's oxidizing, it's turning purple, mm. and you're just like, uh, I, "I didn't want purple; right. I wanted red." Right. But it goes through that process, mm. and generally, colors have 
a 45 minute processing time to an hour, depending on the color line. So it has all these steps. The color has to go Mm -hmm. through. So, I mean, over the years you kind of get over it, but at first you're just like, (gasps) what's a scarier screw up to realize a screw up has happened, a cut or a color? Ooh. I mean, hair, you can't grow back. You can at least keep them longer and do the hair again, kind of, but like, I'd love to hear from you. What makes you go, Oh, Oh man. That's, that's hard because if you cut like someone's hair too short, they're probably going to cry about it and they have to grow that out. And for some people, their hair doesn't grow fast. That's it. it, I can't fix it right away. That's a four to eight week. Oh, minimum trauma. Yes. And you've now caused a trauma that you can't fix right away. Whereas with color, if something does Mm -hmm. happen and you're like, oh shit, I need to fix this. Generally, you have the tools to kind of manipulate the hair Mm -hmm. into fixing it and being, maybe it's not your initial end goal. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, it's not just the stylist and what they're mixing together. It's what's on your hair previous, what you've done to your hair previous. So many variables. There's so many variables that clients don't think about. So it's like, oh, well, I just want to be blonde. Oh, okay. Well, That's it might of, break up. A lot of steps, a lot it's, of breakage, a lot yeah. of, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that I kind of sound like I know what I'm talking about. You do, you're doing really good. Yeah. I can, I can bullshit uh, yeah. my way pretty good. Doing good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, there are times where I'll, I'll plate a dish and I'm like, that was the perfect dish of that dish I've ever done. Oh, love like, when I have. Oh, this is perfectly al dente. Yeah. Um, you have those moments of like, oh, I nailed that. Oh, I will take photos yeah. and I will look at those photos and be like, yes, awesome. I nailed that. Awesome. So how are you staying hungry being almost 20 years in as a stylist? Oh, there, I feel like there's so much to learn. I love that. So much to grow in terms of, well, okay. Like I love doing balayage. It's something I actually never used to do. Just gonna, I want you, I was going to get you to phase two of this. We'll get you to explain what balayage is. Okay. Okay, So sorry. Um, so it was something initially when I actually went to strut ombre was really big, right? You know, solid bottom, still like ombre, a little bit of blendy, but I didn't know how to properly do that. Okay. And so that was, pretty intimidating and terrifying and doing an ombre used to take me like a bajillion hours. Um, now, I mean, ombre is not super popular right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's fun to see what you can create with hair. Yeah. So some accounts that I follow, um, I, I actually love seeing what my community is putting out there. Mm-hmm. Like I follow Cameron's hair studio. They are just pumping out that balayage and that lived in color. Yep. It is so perfect. Yep. It's so beautiful. I went to school with him. Oh, sweet. He was, he was on it. We were in the same building for a month and then he graduated. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And I, I, it's been really nice to connect with my hair community because we all offer you know, maybe a, a various of similar styles, like with the lived in balayage mm-hmm. color. Um, but some people, this is just what they specialize in and what they're really effing good at. It's their thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm lucky as a musician, as a, as a chef. Can you hear that 
for people listening, I'm so sorry about the engine motor of my. Low, oh, it's turning off. I don't know if there you guys can go. hear that. Oh boy. Um, I have YouTube. I have cooking shows. I have Food Network. So I'm con- I, can, I constantly have things saved to, in my queue to watch, mm-hmm. and I'm always pouring over stuff. I love it. Um, well, you know what? That, there was a time where I would say this was true and that the content wouldn't be as rich for stylists, but YouTube mm-hmm. has has a oh. ton of stuff. So I, YouTube I completely has elevated like crazy. Cool. TikTok. Right. When it comes to hair. Right. I find even um, there's a few accounts with Instagram. Mm-hmm. Be seen is definitely one of like his creative color has just over the last few years. Lisa loves balayage is another one like <laughs> that she like she's known for her balayage. And what I love about these stylists is that they're putting the how to and how they cool. do things. So cool. it's like it's literally in a quick little clip, I mean, it gets you by if you're just looking like, oh, I just needed like different technique on how to apply this color. Right. You get used right. to doing the same thing. Yep. So it's like, oh, cool. that's great. Okay. So it's just a quick little thing, but. Do you ever struggle with learning something and going, and going, hey, I should probably know that by now. I'm, oh. I'm so-and-so. <laughs> I've done this this long. I, I have this like tension between like, yeah. oh, oh, you idiot. You should have known that. And, yeah. or, or it, and it's, I have this both where I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And other times yeah. I'm like, oh, I should have known that. Oh, or, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you think people get wrong the most about being, about hairdressing in, in general? <clears throat> have you come across any kind of stupidity in terms of what they may think it is that you do? You're just do? a hairdresser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I cannot stand. I, I feel like I don't really hear that too much anymore. I have seen it kind of like pop up through the internet over the last few months. They don't know what they're talking about. They have no clue. It's such a cool career. It's so fun. I think the biggest misconception is even though like beauty in general has come such a long way Mm -hmm. in the last 10 years, especially like the last five has been like an insane boom with Instagram specifically. Um, I feel like everyone just has this like, Oh, like this master cuts or like super cuts kind of like old way of, thinking that unless you're really in that, like, I feel like the young, like the twenties, because they just have the internet access like crazy. So, I mean, it can work against you. It can also work for you because a lot of times they just understand what the color already is. Um, No one can pronounce a balayage, but that's fine. They kind of know what it is Mm -hmm. and what the whole end goal of that. So that's that's nice. Okay, so what is balayage? Balayage. Yeah. It's a freehand color technique where you're painting the color onto the hair in specific spots. So the hair is a palette. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So like, let's say you wanted like the money piece Mm -hmm. is really big. So it's really blonde in the front roots to end. So you would almost do like, um, everybody's approach is different, but foil technique. And then your whole front section you're pulling and you're just hair painting. So then when it's down and all fully blow dried, you've got this pop a blonde on the face, but then it almost like trickles in and then just blends in with mm. the dark. So there are elements of foil technique mm-hmm. in that as well. Yep. 
You can use foil. Some just use uh, almost like a saran wrap Mm -hmm. to layer each section. All this talk Um, is making me, I can feel the tingling (laughs) of the peroxide between my fingers (laughs) from doing foil. That burn? That burn. Uh, Oh my goodness. Have you ever had any uh, human hairs get stuck in your skin? Yes. It's a freaking demonic thing. Yeah. And it's one of those, like, if you can't get it out with tweezers, it just keeps... Hair is sharp. It's super sharp. It's like needle sharp if you get it on the right angle. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some pretty heinous, like, infections. Like, worst case scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bad scene. Uh, Did anybody else in your family cut hair? No. So you're you're the only one, the first one? Yeah. If your kids told you they wanted to do it, Oh, the boys have actually, Charlie, one day he, we were on the porch and he's like, I'm going to do hair like mom and Henry can tattoo like dad. Awesome. So, you know, we might be breeding future mm-hmm. tattoo mm-hmm. hair, hairstylists in the works. So you don't seem like somebody that um, collects moss. So you, I get the sense from me that you're, there's forward movement pretty consistently with you. Is there a big plan the next five oh, years of things you're looking, yes. you're thinking of doing? Yeah. Actually, my I was really planning on opening a salon this year. Yeah. Um, that was the plan last year. And then we quickly found out we were expecting a, a little babe. Okay. So, it's Jasper's fault. Yeah. Thanks, Jasper. Yeah. It's called Jasper um, Salon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so then I was like, you know what? I could still do something, you know, start small and quickly realized I was biting off more than I could chew. So I also knew that having a new baby, having toddlers as well, a husband, it's, I wouldn't be able to put in the love that I would want to, especially with something being my own space. Um, I don't want to half-ass it. I have plans for that. So definitely in the next couple of years, it will manifesting. Yep. It will happen. I look forward to that. If yeah. you could, uh, if you could snap a finger and be in any specific area or city, where would you want to put it? Oh, Hamilton for sure. Yeah. I actually really love my area. Like I'm in the Gage Park, Ottawa Street area. Mm-hmm. It is so fun. Cool. It's got such a unique collection of just artists in there. Yep. And I, I feel like downtown's got its core. Yeah. And it's got its bomb ass places and i feel like I, I could take over the east east side cool yeah i agree with you there's room yeah for sure yeah uh it's funny you know my wife and i are unique in the sense that we're both small business owners and we both mm. love seeing a space and go oh do you know we'll be amazing there let's go into that. more debt and have an anxiety attack about this other project my poor <laughs> wife but uh what's it like being married to a tattoo artist and being a hairstylist Oh, we have lots of homework. Kev has right. homework on the regular. That no, no one ever thinks about that. No. You know what? This is one thing, like, when you get a tattoo. Yeah, man. Especially if you, whether it's something small mm-hmm. or you're planning on doing a full sleeve, there's homework that goes into it. It's not yeah. just like, this is what I'm looking for. I've seen Kev 
if he, especially when he really cares about something, like he cares about all his work, obviously, mm -hmm. but there's certain projects that he just gets so excited about that he's just like, yes. He pours over it. Yeah. So like I've seen him take 12 hours to do just the stencil, like the outline, the stencil. And then he has to spend the next six to eight hours tattooing it on somebody. And, and, if that, you, and that's just the outline. And if you bail on them, yeah. like I did with your husband twice, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that, but I'm talking about it. Um, that's horrible. It sucks. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I had the guys from Grey Harbor on and they were telling me like what goes into it. I was like, oh my God, yeah. I need to call Kevin right now and repent. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh man. But, happens. but it's a, it's a unique existence. I mean, we're, it's not a normal life that, that, people in the service industry have. No. It's a great life. Yeah. It's, it has its challenges, but um, I was just curious how, how it manifests for you guys and it's, how it's... What's great is we work, for the most part, our schedule is pretty similar. Cool. So even though I may start a little bit earlier than him, we're generally starting and finishing around the same time unless a tattoo for him goes super late. Okay. So he gets more of like the later evenings and I have the really early morning starts. So that can kind of be mm -hmm. a little bit, but otherwise it's super fun. Like I love the way our house looks because it's just wild. Yeah, that's awesome. Like we have some really artistic paintings up in the house and we have this one in particular that is Henry's favorite <laughs> and it is a grim reaper and he's actually holding like a naked lady so you can see her bum mm -hmm. and some side boob. Henry loves the butt. That's awesome. That's <laughs> but like, awesome. I love that that's in our house. It's interesting and that it's, that's, that's shaping their, uh, a type of reality for them. That, that, totally. that, that it's a, it's a cultural thing that most kids will never experience. And that's, Major that's sensory overload. Interesting. Too. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of colors. Lots a lot of, of colors. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. The, um, I want to, I want to kind of talk about those, those little moments that maybe go unseen to other people, but, to someone who's in a job and uh, knows it so intimately that when, when little moments pop up, you notice them and they're like, oh, this is one of my favorite moments when these things happen. Like, um, for an example, I don't know. I, I, I love it when I, I could smell the noodles being done when they're boiling in water. Like, that's a moment. I'm like, oh, that smells great. Nice. Oh, I know they're ready. Oh, yeah. I'm proud of myself. I know that. Uh, or when the knife is perfectly sharp and you go through something, you know what I mean? Like yeah. those, those little nuanced moments or the, what the way when, we, when you're the first one in the shop and it's just you and the music you're going to listen to. Oh yeah. And it's, it's just, you're just I doing love it. love when I get my scissors sharpened. Nice. That first cut. Yes. It's a sharp one. So watch your fingers. Yeah. I feel like it, it's just inevitable for any hairstylist getting their scissors sharpened. You're cutting yourself. Like a hundred percent. How many scars you got in your knuckles? Oh my goodness. Your second knuckle. Like they're not, I mean, they're pretty good. I've got yeah. some good nicks in there, but. So that's one of them for sure mm -hmm. for you. Uh, any other moments that only a hairstylist or someone or, or, or Ashley being a hairstylist was like, oh, this is one of those things I love. I like with bobby pins, mm -hmm. there's nothing more satisfying <laughs> than a bobby pin just finding its place. Wow. And it's like. It just slides in. Just grabs. And like everything is just where it needs to be. I love that. Like that is so great. That, or like combing out yeah. some curls to and do the like just, the finish. 
Oh, See, I love it. That's that's exactly the answer I was looking for. And I love that you have a bobby pin yeah. tattooed oh, yeah, on your finger. Couple. Very, very cool. Those hurt. I still have to get occupational yeah. uh, tattoos. Oh yeah. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get I salt. know someone. Yeah, I do. He's he's <laughs> uh, he's my favorite. Uh, it's about time, it's been five years. Um what about smells and textures? This is where I'm kind of going off off the rails a little bit because I'm very sensory. Yeah. Um like with hairstyling. Like when I was a barista for three years, your jeans have a brown stain from the coffee. Oh, I have bleach stains. Right. Like black, even though I wear a lot of black, they're like yeah. little patches. Your fingers bleach. smell like yeah. espresso. Yeah. Um, but, but it's nice when you're cooking, there's the smell of garlic on you. Yeah. Um, and hairstyling, since uh, being a boy, the smell has never changed. And for me, this, oh, is, no. this is what the smell is. <clears throat> Remnants of coffee on your hand from either drinking it or cleaning it up, <laughs> hairspray, and some other kind of product. Oh, hairspray. It, it, like, but it's comforting because it's, yeah. that is, it's like the smell of chicken roasting because I associate that smell with my family. Mm-hmm. And that hair salon was another type of home. Totally. Right? And yeah. uh, so that's my sensory like memory. Yeah. Uh, what about you? I love. Um, Oligo uh, color line, actually, their toners smell so good. The toners smell the good. The toners smell so good. There's also, um, I love um, like a serum. I'll put a finishing serum yep. on clients. So even after I've put it on the hair, just rubbing it mm. into my hands mm-hmm. and just getting like that waft of yeah. the smell is so nice. And it comes home with you. Yeah. Do like you- I love getting my hair done and smelling like the salon. Even though I yeah, use yeah, yeah. salon products, yep. it's not the same. It's, and it, it's like tickling it's yourself. It's not t- the same. Yeah, yeah I can't yeah. laugh when I tickle myself. No. Um, so let's talk about TG, Tony and Guy, when they brought out the bed headline. Oh, my I can God. smell that. <laughs> so that, that was it's 98. Like pure candy. Yeah, 98, 99 like, when I was there. Yeah. yeah. And, but uh, when I worked at the studio in Burlington on Branch Street, we were a Sebastian salon. And the, the oh. extra line came out. And I can still smell that. That shaper spray. Yeah. yeah. So this might sound weird, but it's but these are these are the little micro moments that that lets you know that you are a veteran of something. It's like, oh, I intimately understand that. Yeah. A soldier. I know that gunpowder. That's yeah. you know. Yeah. Um I, I just like excavating those moments from people and going, Hey, what's your thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's fun to know what somebody's like, because you can talk about hair and you can talk about food, but it's just like but why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it about that yeah. that brings you joy? Yeah. I want to talk about bucket list things. I, um, I always wanted to shop at an open air market in Europe and then oh. to take it home and cook it for someone I love. That'd be super cool. I was able to do that on my honeymoon in France. And it was like, I got the merguezy sausage and farm fresh eggs and croissant. I made the f- most fattiest breakfast oh my God. in my hotel like, room. My mouth is Prob- probably about 8,000 calories. And it was amazing. Yeah. Um, so that was a, that was a that was a bucket list item. Uh, it was perfect. Uh, you know, other times where um, I'm prepping for a big event and it's just me in a big kitchen and like Zeppelin's playing. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah. What uh, What are some things that you still have yet to do that you're like, I must accomplish that? I would, even though um, I would love to do hair for like a, a wedding party. Yep. Um, that's out of country. Cool. I've actually been able to do it for friends of mine, yep. but I would love for it to be for just a, 
a client. They're booking me to go to Europe or Mexico I love it. or wherever. It's happen. Yeah. For sure. It's that would be something I would absolutely love to Very do cool. and be able to create what I do here mm-hmm. over there. How are you doing for time? We're at 59 minutes. Good. You good? Yeah. Have some more wine if you want, my friend. Yeah, all right. So one of the, I, I think back on times when I'm about to go back on the front lines of, of front of house again at the new espresso bar, and I'm really excited, um, but it's been a long time. And I think back at my times in Toronto, um, I was really good at it. But there were about out of three out of the five the three years that I was there, there was about three or four days where I was like in a bad way. Oh and, yeah. And I had regulars I couldn't even pretend. <laughs> I was just miserable. <laughs> I had one of them, one of my friends who was like owned a Pilates or a yoga studio. She's like, "What's up, grumpy?" And I was yeah. like, "I was ready to jump over the bar, like just <laughs> put her in a headlock." But uh, you're on display. Yeah. And. Uh, that's fucking hard. It's hard. I remember when I first started doing hair, the the moms that like to hover and uh, literally they would move as I would move. Uh, and I would actually purposely move into their way and like <laughs> step on them and be like, oh, you're actually, oh, do you mind moving? Like, can you please get away from me wow. while I cut the hair? Some people don't Just, know how to read a room, eh? No. That's shocking. So, yeah, it's. Uh, how, so, I mean, everybody has trials. Yeah. Um, can you speak to, to the, uh, the nuanced mastery of being front and center in someone's intimate space and going through heartbreak or going through hell, someone you love? Oh, man. You know, being it's human. Like personally, yeah. it, like if it's happening to me personally, it's really hard to where like to check it at the door because I have such a, I mean, I talk with my hands a lot. Right. Expressive. Very expressive. My personality is quite happy all the time. Mm-hmm. So if something's bothering me, I'm instantly quiet. Right. And really you go quiet. Yeah. I remember when I, one of the salons that I worked at, my boss used to call me out on, he's like, what's going on? Cause you, something's off with right. you today. Right. And I'm just like, well, you yeah. know, yeah. My turtle Whatever. died. Yeah. <laughs> uh, many times I just fake sick and don't go in. Yeah. Because I'm like, I, I'm a liability right now. Because mm-hmm. when I go dark, I go dark. Yeah. Like, and, and because I'm a fairly big personality, I, I, can, I can move like a weather system. So if you know I'm off, yeah. the room feels it, which, yeah. which is great and bad at the same yeah. time. And I feel horrible. Yeah. My, my, my poor wife, like when I'm, when I'm off, she's like, uh, are you okay? She's like, what, what, what song can I put on for you? What were you? Are you hungry? Yeah. <laughs> Like, can I feed you? She's trying to like, you know, mitigate <laughs> yeah. the hurricane. But it's, um, I think a, a lot of people take for granted the. We're people. Craziness of, yeah. Like yeah. B- you're performing. Yeah. You're performing. You have to be on all the time. How, how, what do you need to be a good, not a successful, because that kind of diminishes the point. What do you need to be a good hairstylist? Listen. I listen. love it. I love it. That is I would say when I was initially really building my clientele, that would be the general consensus, if you will. It's like, oh, you actually listen to me. And be honest. No one wants you to sit there and say, you know, if they're asking for purple hair and you know full well their hair is not going to go purple, you tell them. Yeah. Because 
I I have had so many clients. Well, today I had my client. She was like, I think I want to go platinum blonde. I'm like, your hair will break off. She was like, oh, okay. Then I guess those goals are out the window. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not here to you break need, your... You need stones for those moments, though. A hundred percent. You've got to be able to... One, a client's coming to you because they trust you. I mean, hopefully they've done their research so they know what they're getting themselves mm-hmm. into. So I feel like listening to what somebody's telling them. And then there's also a way of explaining in a way, okay, maybe what they're thinking isn't actually realistic. Right. So instead of straight up telling them like, no, you can't have that. There is a more gentle way of breaking the news to them. Um, but listening is definitely uh, the biggest thing as to why people change hairstylists. It's a huge takeaway. I love, Ash, that you said that. Listen, not go to beat Elsa soon. No. Not keep your knife sharp. <laughs> Listen, yeah, it's, I love that. Yeah. Somewhere that's going to be in the synopsis when I write up yeah. the, the thing. <laughs> so, uh, bravo. That's great. Um, I wanted to share a story with you because I want to go circle back to when you're talking about hovering mothers, helicopter moms when they're, when they're cutting hair. So my grandfather, Sam Riccatoni, uh, who I named my son after, um, his first salon was on Murray Street in the early 40s. He graduated Marvell at 16 years old. He That's was, amazing. He was in the Hamilton like, Spectator with Canada's oldest barber and he was Canada's youngest barber. That's so cool. He opened a hair salon at 16. Oh, a barber shop. That is unreal. Yeah. So we we've spilt blood. We've been, we've been born like in the North End, James Street. Like it's huge for my family. Um, and he had his boom in the mid '60s and kept having that boom up until when he uh, retired in '89. And he was one of the first cats in this in Canada to do the unisex hair salon model. Because he broke away from the norm of being a barber who did men mm-hmm. and women did women. He opened up a salon called Rico's uh, and it did both. That's so cool. And it was a bona fide. It was like when McDonald's opened in the Soviet Union. People were literally, there were busloads coming to him. But that was, that was one thing. But what actually got him his initial success was he had a woman, a wealthy, wealthy socialite from Burlington come with her child and the woman was up in his up his ass for sure and micromanaging him and being uh, curt and rude and demanding and the kid was being unruly and after about a half an hour of putting up with her bullshit he steps away and removes the scissors from his finger and hands her his scissors and comb and goes okay you can cut the hair. Please be my guest. Good for him. And she was so offended. For sure. And so indignant. And she stormed out. She goes, I'm going to tell everybody about you, Sam Riccatoni. So she spent the next summer bitching and complaining about Sam Riccatoni and how he was this you know, rebellious, unhelpful barber. And he started noticing that he was gaining hundreds of wealthy customers. And he finally, finally someone said to him, he's like, yeah, we heard what happened. And we were just so impressed oh, that wow. a young cat like you yeah. put her in her place. Like, I got to go. They know her. I, oh, we know what she's all about. And we, got, we had to see who this guy was. <laughs> and so uh, that, that move of sticking up for himself 
provided him 40 years of, of wealth. For Isn't that sure. amazing? Those, those, those accidental moments of yeah. like, and, and then it was the thing. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot of balls to stand up to a client Yeah, because I feel like there's a stigma of, you know, the customer's always right, which I don't think is. They're, they're not always not right. Always you case. can serve the hell out of them. Totally. But they're not always totally. right. Yeah. No. And it's, it's so, I actually don't even cut kids hair. Good for you. Anymore. Um, Good for actually, you. when I moved to the strut salon, that was kind of a, a thing that they didn't do. And it was, the salon is a grown up space Yep. and people come to get away from their kids. And I mean, I love kids for sure. And you can totally, that's your reprieve. That's great. Yep. But like to sit and cut a kid's hair, who's just constantly moving uh-huh. or it's a moving you know, target. You like, I'm going to cut his ear and then, you know what? I'm going to be the one that causes him trauma mm-hmm. or her. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to want to get their hair cut in seven, until they're, you know, 20. There are people that one bad experience. Yeah, there, there are people that are graced with the task of oh, cutting like kids' hairs. Like people who are graced yes. to deal with uh, sickly people or old people and change their mm-hmm. diapers. Like that's, there are specific people that have that talent. Yeah. So let them do it. Yes. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the service model, I'm kind of fascinated at, that tension between providing a service and then something in the service going wrong and how to save it. I actually love screw ups. I hate them. Yeah. They torment me. I mean, they are gut wrenching when they happen, but um, some of the greatest shining moments of service that I've been a part of have been on the back end of a screw up. So if you, if you, if you're coming to St. James and there's a screw up, you're, you're, you're in for good news because we're going to shower you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you're going to get more than, than you would have otherwise. Yeah. And, um, I think there's a mastery to making someone immediately forget how disappointing and pissed off they are that they spent money on something. We're looking forward to something and something not being yeah. what they thought. And, and there's an art to being, uh, genuine in your, um, a, your apologies yeah. and your attempts to fix it. Yeah. And try to teach my staff, like, this is how you fix this and make them forget it and make them love you even more. And then you own them. So, so I can throw a cookie and a coffee and and redo a dish for someone. But going back to that thing where, you know, if there's a hair screw up or a hair color, how do you mitigate trauma with mistakes? If in the best hair ever when they leave. Yeah. I actually had a boss who he was telling me about his client coming in. I was just like, like cut her hair off. Obviously not. But like, he's like, no, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give her the best service, the best haircut that she's ever going to have. So that when she leaves here, she has nothing to complain about. Mm. And I was just like, I taught you something. "Ah, Yeah. Not that I would actually cut somebody's hair off, but like just the way he worded it. And I mean, he had also been a hairstylist since he was 15, 16. His dad was a salon owner as well. So he grew up dealing with that mm-hmm. on a regular basis and just his whole approach to that. Like I've definitely been put in positions where you kind of learn something about a client and you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. uh, I think this is the last time we're going to be oh. doing this <laughs> service together, yep. but I'm going to make sure you leave here feeling like a million bucks. I'm happy for you that in your formative years, you experienced that with the boss that he yeah. was, that, that mentorship thing was, yeah. was uh, in place there. Very cool. Would you ever teach? Oh, I've been asked this before and 
It's not for everyone. I mean, you know what? I feel like that's my imposter syndrome. Would <laughs> that's where that comes in because I could teach you maybe one on one, but maybe as like a larger group. I've thought about doing. I've done a workshop before where I have taught how to curl your own hair Mm -hmm. with a flat iron or a curling wand when doing like a a top knot bun type of thing. Um, And those are kind of like the requests on the regular. I feel like I've been asked to, you know, can you show this person how to curl vintage waves? I love, especially for bridal styling. Um, I don't know. I think if it was the right... Scenario. Right scenario. Let me reframe the question. Do you have it in you to mentor somebody from the ground up? Just you one-on-one with, with I, I think so. an apprentice. That'd be cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's a very different thing. I think, I think very, that's kind of yeah. more what I, well, no, I, I'm, I'm full of crap. I, I was asking you in terms of being in front of a classroom, but then I started realizing like, yeah. I'm really interested in mentorship. I, I have thought about the one-on-one. I think I don't know how I would necessarily, I would definitely have to put a lot of thought into Mm -hmm. how to go about breaking it down because what does this person know? What what kind of skill set are they coming to me with? Mm -hmm. So where do I have to like use terminology that they're going to understand because maybe they don't know hair terminology just yet and what this number is, what this number is and breaking it down would be... yeah. Would be tough. I could do it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're definitely, that's an answer of someone who I know could do it, but you're like, I don't, I don't think you're convinced, but I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, she could totally do it. Um, going back to the intimacy thing of clients' needs or you know, being there for moments in people's lives, um, but also challenges that people bring into the salon. So day one of working at my family's hair salon, I had this wealthy woman, older woman that she came to my aunt because only my aunt could do the job. Mm-hmm. And she sat back into the shampoo basin. I was getting ready to shampoo her hair. And as she leaned back, what I thought was her full head of hair popped open like a, like a lid of a can. She had alopecia. So she was completely bald oh, on top. Oh my God. And okay. so my aunt had masterfully found a way to grow her hair into Roller set it in such a way and, and set it wow, a week at a time to make it look like she had hair. I was terrified. I'm like, what the? F-? I was like, just yeah. like, ooh, this, this door opening. Uh, and I had to figure out how to wash just the back of someone's hair and a bald scalp. But, and she flew my aunt to Florida f- just for a roller set and a blowout because she had an event and no one could do it. So that's a testament yeah. To knowing your shit well enough to manipulate something to give someone confidence yeah. when they're bald yeah. at 80 years old and retaining some dignity. Um, that was a huge thing for me. And it, it goes beyond just hair, whether it's dietary with as a chef or like find a way. Yeah. Within reason, you know? Absolutely. So... I haven't told that story a lot, but as I'm telling it, I'm like, man, God bless my aunt. Yeah. So I'm wondering, you know, have you been a part of those kind of moments where you had to like move heaven and earth to make someone feel pretty Oh, in man. Term, and, and have very little to work with? I have had a couple moments. One, I actually had um, to shave my 
best friend's mom's hair when she was going through chemo. Oh, and man. so instead of giving her hair, taking it away, we and we did it. We had to do it at the hospital, and we. She had such a good like. She's alive and well. She's great. Um, but during this, like her personality, she's just spunky. She's got spirit. So we just made the best of it. I mean, her hair was falling out. They like braided it, hung it off of her IV drip. Right, like right, right. she, we, we gave her, you know, the Jason Alexander. Like we shaved it into all different. <laughs> you did it in stages. Different styles, yeah. yeah, just to make it as levity. Yes, and really enlighten the mood as much as possible without fully breaking down and crying the whole time. Right. There's, I've had one client who we actually, when she came in, it was kind of like the first time she had come into a salon in quite some time. She had a lot of, um, some serious life things happened to Mm -hmm. her, and we actually connected because like she had lost somebody at one time and I had lost somebody around the same time. And then we actually both experienced another loss within such a short period of time. And she was pretty emotional. And because it was a lot for her to just get out of the house, right. um, she was just like, I just want to feel so good. I just want to, I just need my hair done. I just need somebody to do it. And oh my God, we cried through Mm. her whole appointment. And it was almost kind of like, you know, when you kind of have those days where you're feeling kind of down, but you've got to be on. Sometimes those people are just meant to be there and you're both supposed to just cry it out together and just kind of get on with it. So she's still a client of mine. It's Isn't that great that you have a job that, that you can cry at? Totally. Totally. Do you have to like people to be a good hairstylist? Oh, I think I, I, you should like dealing with people mm-hmm. at be- a minimum. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, if you don't like dealing with people being a talkative person and maybe you don't have to talk all the time, but you do have to have some sort of back and forth conversation. Yeah. You've got to be able to handle, you know, somebody might be coming in with you to you with something totally out of left field that mm-hmm. you're not prepared for. And I think you've, you've got to be able to handle that to some degree. We, good answer. We, we had a guy come in uh, when we were in Henderson school and he, he was kind of miserable. Good, good cutter. He was an educator. And in his, he, <laughs> He was teaching the cut, but he was also giving some cultural hairstyling, cultural advice. And uh, he goes, I don't believe in talking to the client. Never talk to the client. Concentrate on the work. Do the work. Do a good job. It's your responsibility to know the craft of hairstyling. Don't talk. And everyone was like, what the frig is it? And so he leaves, and the head teacher of the school, she goes, okay, I just want to unequivocally say that everything that he just said Forget it yeah. and, and light it on fire because I 100% disagree with everything he said. And uh, it's pretty funny the different approaches to this. And, yeah. and I was actually shocked because I'm like, no one should ever be saying anything like that in this industry. No. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what, what drives you nuts about your industry? Oh, I love... 
I love when people come in, like clients come in. I actually don't really have it so much anymore, but when clients would come in, like the people who think they know hair <laughs> or um, a client, someone who used to do hair, okay. but it was like 20 years ago yeah, and yeah. they haven't touched the vets. Oh, yeah. like, oh, well, I used to do hair. We're sure so you like, did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> when was the last time you did it? Oh, I used to like, it was like 15 years ago. Okay. So mm. literally nothing that's relevant. Mm. And when someone's trying to tell me how to do my job, that's where I'm just like, well, why are you here? Because mm. you seem to know what you're doing. So am I just here to be your cheer team, give you my tools because you need them? Or I haven't experienced that a lot. I, that, that would be really tough. Yeah, I don't really have it mm-hmm. anymore. And I, my clients are really good. Like if they can't convey verbally what they're trying to say to me, a picture says so much. Yeah. So sometimes it's like, oh, okay, this is what you're trying to say. Well, this is what I'm hearing. And this is what I'm hearing from what you're saying. So it's not actually what you are wanting right so it's yeah no <laughs> man <laughs> the, like the people. hair bats are my favorite people it's the hardest part of everything is people <laughs> people it's the They're greatest wild. the greatest thing the, the hardest best, thing yeah absolutely man uh, would you ever just color no you like just like the cut too I've been in salons where people just literally colored or yeah. oh, the color text yeah. yeah and I can appreciate that you that is your craft and you put a hundred percent into doing that. There's something about when you're doing a cut and planning your color according to your cut or you're doing your color and you're just going to, you know, cut it this way. So the sh- it just shows it off. Mm-hmm. I love doing both. I want to be able to do both. Do the holistic yeah. thing and, and yeah. realize the overall vision. Yeah. Are you an artist? Um, I, I, sometimes. I would say, what, I, what do you mean by I that? Don't know. It's, does that make you squirm, I, that question? It does. It does. <laughs> I would say, it's funny. Like, when I look at color, I'm just like, oh, I just love to do it. Mm-hmm. But when I look at, like, the bridal and when I do updos, I'm like, that to me is very artsy. Okay, let's camp there. Because yeah. I, I, I had this thought pass through my mind and I got distracted with another question. But um, the interesting thing about updo is that people don't realize, I'm sure, is that outside of a broad direction, it's free form and happening as it goes. Totally. Unless you're very different and you're really good and you can go, no, I, I know what, how I'm going to end. Like, like I, I don't really know what I'm trying to say. I watched people who are good at updues and I realized from watching and from them explaining, she's like, yeah, I just kind of go as I go. That's what I do. And, and that's insane. <laughs> yeah. Like I, if someone shows me a photo I mean, there's sometimes, sometimes I actually struggle with getting started mm-hmm. and sometimes it takes me a couple times because I'm like, oh, this is just a little too high. I need to drop that down or, mm-hmm. oh, I should have raised this up a little bit or, you know, you're building I, foundations you on are, the head. So like I need that foundation yeah. and then I can build on top of it. But it's just like, okay, I'm going to, I have the way I do my things. Mm-hmm. Like I have a system and I just go. And I'm a machine. <laughs> See, th- that, that's a nuanced thing. I'm using that word a lot for this because it's a, fi- it's, nuance is yeah. a thing that we need to use to talk about this industry because people don't understand. So yeah. like people who are listening, when you see an updo, yeah. th- it was quite an adventure Appreciate how, how the they got there. Out of that. <laughs> so let's go back to the, art, the artist question. You lit up a certain way when you started mentioning updo. Are you an artist? 
with updos. <laughs> See, if I had a t- if I had a channel, this would be a clip that I would go tune in and watch Ashley squirm. My wife keeps texting me. I want to make sure the house isn't. Yeah. Okay, we're good. Uh, I love that. I love that. It's not. It's not an easy. It's not an unfair uh, question to ask. But um, I am. I am interested in how you are an artist, by the way. But I'm. I'm always. I'm always interested how artists perceive themselves. Oh, you could ask asking yeah. Kev the same thing. He yeah. would just like. Oh God. How, do, how How do you think Kev would do on a podcast as a guest? Oh no, <laughs> no. <laughs> the strong and silent type. <laughs> But he's a lovely man. Oh, yeah. Man, oh, man. I, just yeah. quickly, as we're winding down, I mean, by the way, this has been a lovely conversation. It's, it's like, been awesome. It's flown by. Yeah. Um, uh, we're at an, an hour and 24 minutes. That's awesome. Uh, how did you and your husband meet? We actually met through the tattoo shop. Okay. Like, so I started getting tattooed at Mata Mata. Mata Mata, yeah. OG. OG, And that's where Kev was. Yeah. Yes, okay. so he started apprenticing there. Yep. I had met him a few years later after that. I got tattooed by him, but then like, I mean, we were kind of, I would say like the last couple years of us getting together, we were in similar social circles. circles so that was kind of cool. And I actually used to live up the street from John Street, where it is now. Yeah. John Street Tattoo. So I'd walk by the shop and it wasn't anything weird for me to be like, hey, yeah. what's up? And, and that's when I saw you a lot at Rap Scallion. Yeah. 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 That, that was like, that was my homestead. I miss Corktown. Yeah. I miss Corktown. So good. So yeah, we met. Was it a slow burn? Oh, no, it's just like, hey. Yeah, I like, like you. Yeah, you know what? It was funny because I've talked to Kev a little bit over the years, but be, being quiet mm-hmm. and shy, when we actually like hung out mm-hmm. the one, like that first night, I guess, um, we stayed up all night talking. That's the freaking best. Like literally we were up until like best. five o'clock in the morning. Yeah out on the patio talking. I love it. And I'm like, this is literally the most oh, I've ever heard you say. That's the best. And then that was it. from then on, I think he, I'm in love with him. Like, <laughs> oh my God, he keeps asking me to marry him. So that's, uh, did he? Oh my God. Yeah. In that conversation? Not that conversation. Oh, oh okay. Maybe like a month like, later. Kevin, but I, I knew <laughs> he didn't you. waste any time. Good for him. Uh, put a ring on it, man. Yeah. He got, he got a good one. Yeah. Uh, so, my, I did that with with Lauren, my my wife, uh, who you know. We we did a quote uh, business meeting because I was going to help her with a, with a catering event, and I had already <laughs> decided that I was very interested in this girl. Yeah. And she was eleven years my junior, which I was like, I'm insane, I'm crazy, this is nuts, but I can't help myself. I, yeah. I there's there's, gra- there's gravity there, and she was the maybe the only girl I ever somewhat pursued I, a lot of past relationships were very organic mm-hmm. right, and just kind of happened yeah um but anyway we went out on this business meeting and we started out on lock street at uh democracy and then we went to the lock street cheese shop and got a sandwich and we went to the park and, it, and we spent six hours inadvertently touring hamilton and i was showing her around walking near dundurn talking and and it was the best. That's a that's so cute. You know, actually, mine and Kev's like first official date was actually here. Was it really? Yeah. Is that and that's why you got the photos done? Yeah. Here. I freaking love that. Yeah. yeah. We had literally we started here for brunch. Yeah. And had the best day date. Amazing. Uh, ever. I am honored. Thank yeah. you. I did. How did I not know that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love that. So good. How many years have you been married now? 
It'll be 6th in October. Do you ever look at your kids and look at your husband and I was terrified I was going to have ugly kids. I had really bad, oh I had really bad, like, you know, image issues. <laughs> I was and like, what if one yeah. twin's cuter than the am, other? <laughs> am I ever going to get married? How will I afford? Yada, yada. And I'll, so I go through multiple moments where I'm like, didn't we just meet? How yeah. did we been married for, you know, we were together almost nine years. When did we get kids? Like, I'm still, oh my God, yeah. I'm still, sometimes I'm getting over just the fact that Lauren even liked me. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm you like, guys are so cute. whoa. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I, I go, I, I always say, I'm like, first of all, being a parent is the greatest effing thing I've ever been a part of. It's so cool. It's and, so wild. And it's been healing. Uh, many tears. I still cry constantly about my kids because I love them. Oh my God. I literally yeah. like Kev. We have, there's a joke like Kev will say something if I'm getting emotional. Mm -hmm. Literally, the kids could be sitting there talking to each mm -hmm. other and they'll be like, I love you, Charlie. Aww. I love you, Henry. You're my best friend. And I'm just like, oh my, my yeah. babies are just yeah. the cutest. Kev's just like, I love you. Like he'll just say it so loud and aggressively. It's so funny. Is that him to try to distract you from yeah. that moment? I I mean, I try like, my, my wife does not like just me raising my voice. Just yell something I freaking love yeah, you. Yeah, just yell like, fuck Paul. You know, like. That's so funny. Like a hiccup. Stopping <laughs> yeah. hiccups. I, isn't it funny though, like when you just watch them exist? It's so cool. Eat a sandwich or twirl pasta. Like when my yeah. son Sam twirls spaghetti so yeah. efficiently, I'm like, oh my beautiful son. Like, <laughs> how I love you so. You're so perfect. Yeah. And, and it's just, and so I always, it always, I always follow up with this existential question. What the hell was I doing before I was a dad? Because oh It wasn't anything special because no. this is what it's all about. Yeah. And I, and I, I had the realization um, recently where I'm like, man, I remember in my, in my youth, I just want to meet the one. I want to fall in love. I want to be like, a, you know, like a sitcom and find my Winnie Cooper living on my street. And oh my I want God, to be a it. rock star or yeah. you know, this and this. And then, well, how yeah. will I, you know, and then you get to the place where all you really care about is, is number one, being healthy. Yeah. And having those around you that you love. Totally. Be healthy. Yeah. That's all that matters is, like is your family. Circle yeah. That's like you said, yeah. healthy and who like, who just fill you with joy. Mm -hmm. It's so nice to be around people who are happy. Yeah. Can I ask you, you're, I'm 44. How old are you? 37. 37. Do you like the person you are at 37? I, yeah. Yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good Good about for it. you. I feel confident. I love that. Know? Yeah. I love that. It took a long time yeah. to get here. It's a hard one thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. It's taken a hell of a long time. In the last two years specifically, I've, I've, You've uh, had like serious. Yeah. Some things yeah. of, uh, I mean, this isn't about me, this podcast, no. but, but I think that there, I do have a certain responsibility to be open and, and reciprocate, yeah. but like, uh, you know, just from getting married to the opening St. James and having a child, that all happened in the same, in the same in 12 months. I was going to say, like, I yeah. feel like that was really quick. I went from zero to hero yeah. <laughs> and then I, and I paid for it greatly with my body and my mental state and just like, I'm like, Oh my God. But yeah, uh, some a significant surgery and, um, getting healthy and understanding mortality and then how your decisions affect your loved ones, like your wife. Absolutely. And it's not just yeah. you specifically. Yeah. And I wanted to get ahead of certain cultural things that were existing in my life before my children could really form a picture of their father. That's cool. I'm like, I need to, I need to kill this part of me. Yeah. Because 
I want to be their hero. And, and, and I mean that in the, I'm going to fail them, of course. Yeah. There's going to be fuck-ups. Oh, of course. But, but. Parenting's a very humbling experience. Yeah, it is. It is. As well. I feel like, especially after having the twins, mm-hmm. I was really, I really began to appreciate, you know, what parents actually do. Yeah. And single mothers. Yes. Oh. Oh, my like, mom was, that oh, was my mom. My, that was my mom. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I love, I love single moms because yeah. I was, a, I was a single mom kid. Yeah. And my, the bond with my mom is you can't get anywhere near that. That's like amazing. I'll kill you if you try to get between that and that. Yeah. Like she's my, she's my hero. Yeah. Right. But, um, you think back at your parents and how old you are and how you failed in that moment. And you think back, oh, wait, my dad was 27 when he said that. Of course he yeah. said that. He was 27. Right? Like, he was an idiot, of, of course. course. Uh, or, uh, and, and one thing that amazes me is the cliche parental moments. Oh, Like, Layla, I told you literally 10 times. And now you fell off the couch. When are you going to listen? And it feels simultaneously so comforting to hear it in your mouth. And you squirm at the same time. Like, oh, I'm just a, I'm a oh, freaking cliche. But you oh have God. to say those you things. You have to. I know. Kev, I told Kev you not to do his, that. Like, dad, his dad jokes. Oh, he's got. I jokes love dad for jokes. Days. I love dad jokes. They're so good. I I, I relish uh, those dad moments when you can just be kitschy and campy and yeah. just be a Clark Griswold and just. It's amazing. Bug your kids and, yeah. and whatever. Um, I'm, we're going off the rails, and I'm totally fine with that. I, yeah. I definitely want to talk to you as a human, yeah, uh, not yeah. just a hairstylist. We are um, park aficionados. We, we, we joke about starting a, an Instagram account of grading playgrounds as parents. Oh, my God. Go here for this. Go here for that. Definitely don't that. go there. We don't have time for that. But, yeah. but that, that'd be a cool resource. But um, we have about three that we just love. Yeah. Um, we go to LaSalle Park a lot. Oh. Uh, have you been? I've been there for a wedding. It's lovely. I never think to go I there. I grew up going there. We should, you know what? That's where we'll do our play date. Yes. Um, and then we can go to Easterbrook's down the road and get ice cream and hot dogs. Yes. Have you been to yes. Easterbrook's? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we love the Dundas Driving Park. But we like little tucked away parks that mm-hmm. are really cute and quaint. Yeah. Um, what, so Saturdays are kind of our, our day. We, we, we do that. And I love getting them impromptu treats. Do you guys have a cultural thing that you guys always slip into as a family that when, when you're just in family mode, like what, what do you guys feel? Have you noticed that you just like, that's a thing the Yuri's do? Oh my God. I don't even, Hmm. That's a good question. Who's up? Who's up first in the, in the, in the morning? Oh, that's me. Yeah. I, I'm the morning person. Are you? Kev is not. Are, are your, are your twins sleeping in yet? Henry, yes. Henry, it's an everyday battle. Mom, I'm tired. Really? I don't want to go to school. That was me. I'm like, well, babe, we have school today. But you said school was done. Well, you're four and a half. We got a lot of years of school. So you, yeah. it, it's like a countdown to right. Saturday. But right. he can sleep in. He maybe sleeps in until 7.45. Okay. And it's Charlie's, he's up early. He's just like me. But Henry, now I feel like if he had the option to go back to bed, him and Kev would just sleep. <laughs> I want you to finish the, the, the answer to that, but I want to jump in quick. And, and I had a moment where I was like, oh, that's so cool. I was coming down the steps first thing in the morning, and Sam and Layla were downstairs coloring. And Layla goes, she heard the creaking of the stairs. You know how you intimately know the sounds of yeah. your home? Yes. 
Um, she goes, oh, mommy. And Sam goes, no, that's dad. <laughs> and I was like, man. You'd know. I have a sound. Steps. I have a sound. Yeah. Dad always had a sound. Mom had a sound. My, my, my mom's knee would crack on the third step going down the first flight. I'm like, oh, that's mom. Oh, my God. Or my dad's keys, so... keys would jingle a certain way. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's dad. It's crazy. That's so funny. Uh, the boys know there's like a certain period of time, like because they know Kev is at work and he comes home later. So there's like, they know if we've been home for like a while, mm-hmm. is dad coming home? Mm-hmm. Yes. He'll be home soon, but they don't know when. And they just hear like the slightest. Right. They're like, dad's home. That's all it takes. Yeah. Yeah. Were you a sucky baby when you were a kid? I, I, so because I was, because I was, um, we're just fully going off the rails now. Now we're in Dr. Phil mode. Um, because I was so close to my mom when she got remarried and she would like go out for the night, it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> um, the joys of recording in James yeah. Street. Uh, we have someone staring at us right now. Um, if she went out for the night, like I would, I would be worried about her. I'd stay up and wait for her to show up. And I got so good and attuned to listening to the street that, that she could be two blocks away and I would know the sound of the engine. Oh, showing I up. Was not it like was, that. it was like, oh a, my God, and I was that like, is like, Mom's next home. Yeah, my mom is here. <laughs> Did you have anything like that growing up or you, you, that was like, that was the sound? No, my grandparents' house had a sound because yeah. they lived uh, right on the lake, like tucked in an orchard. Yep. So it was so quiet, but there was just certain things like, I can't sleep when it's dead quiet because I grew up with noise. Yeah, I'm, I'm I the same. I grew up with fans. I grew up with the beach. Like the White sound, noise. Yep. Yeah, like I need something. But no, I was never like hmm. a, I was the oldest. Were you? How many siblings? I am the oldest. How, how many siblings do you have? Oh my God, I have so many. Um, really? Five. Really? Yeah, so I actually have, um, I have like three half-sisters and one half-brother. Like a Brady Bunch type. I have uh, three uh, step-siblings. Okay. So there's, there's a lot. I have, I have an assertion that, it's, I don't think it's you know, the gospel truth, but I think most people that come from a larger family, I feel like are some, some of the best people. Because they've gone through some crazy shit. They've had yeah. to share. They've had to fight to survive. Yeah. They've had. And I feel like, like when you're the oldest, everyone's like, you're the toughest on you. You mm-hmm. don't get to get away with anything. Like the things that my youngest sibling, like my youngest sibling's 15. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, she's a great kid. She's currently like, 15? Currently 15. Wow, that's quite the yeah. spread. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, there's things that like my youngest siblings can get away with. And I'm like, Pah. Yeah. You have no, no idea. idea. Yeah. I wasn't even allowed to say ass at 16 yeah. and you're dropping F-bombs like it's Monday morning. I don't know. Like it's- I think, you, I think <laughs> you get, you start to start stress or sweat the, the, the smaller things when you get older as a parent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll be all right. Yeah. Ash, we're flying through this interview. Uh, know, is there any other, so any other, I, I would love to have you back on. I'd, I'd love for you and, and Kev the tag team and come on and talk, but I, I don't you know, know if that would torment uh, him. We, no. I, I'll, I'll talk to him yeah. about that. I think if maybe the two of us yeah. are here, that would be, that'd be fun. He's a great guy. He is so sweet. You guys are a cool couple. Yes, thank you. Um, any other avenues you want to go down while, we, while we're here chatting before we say goodnight? Ooh. Because we're talking about what it is that you do and what you love to do. And if I've, if I've been, uh, if I've missed something that you think definitely needs some light on it. I don't want to miss that. Is there anything else that you want to touch on quite a bit? Yeah, I think Um, so. I think, 
I mean, I, bridal is a big part of what I do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not for everybody. It's not. That's. It's a you know, high it's, stress deadline. Yeah. High maintenance. Time crunch. Yep. You're, you are on. It's like catering, know, catering a wedding. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's so fun though. There's something about being a part of that bridal morning and all the girls getting ready. It's It's so fun. Like I'm going to be a part of somebody's day. They're going to have wicked hair in their photos for 50 years. Yep. In perpetuity. Yeah. All right. Let's ask some stupid questions before we bounce. Okay. What's your favorite food? I've never asked these questions. I'm just going to start with you because oh, I feel yeah, I feel okay. safe to safe to do so. One of actually like one of my comfort foods is uh, my grandma would make pork chops with mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. That is like I love. You that. know, I crave good old fashioned American meat and potato meals probably once a week. I'm like, I need yeah. a, a piping hot mashed potatoes, yeah. some green beans, and like breaded pork Kev, chops. Um, he loves Spetzla. Does he? Yeah. That's like one of his. Is he German? Yes. What's your background? I'm Italian, Polish. You got Italian in you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. What's your favorite snack? I see. I, this is why I'm, oh, I'm always. I love. Okay, well, hold on. Let me paint a picture for you. Sorry. This is, and I don't know why I always want. I'm like, okay, but no, no, no. I really want you to think about this. No. So, yeah. so I'm setting the scene. Kids are at, you know, their friend's house for the night. Kev's working late. It's just you and the couch. <laughs> like, your show. It, what are you, what are you oh. ordering from, from Skip, and what are you snacking on? Like, what, oh what, is, what is the thing? We have completely left the rails on this like, top. That's okay. I'm probably, like, I love, like, burgers and fries if nope. I'm going to be, like, so gross. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love sweets. Like, give me, like, okay, so a sweets. Can, of, can of Pepsi and junk food. So you do sweet pop with sweet. Oh, yeah. Like, like rot your teeth out. Give me sugar. Really? Love it. So you're sugar over salty. <laughs> yeah. The older I get, the more I appreciate the sweet. But I'm still going to be like, no, give me a bag of Doritos. And- I love chips. I do love chips. Man. The boys, they're they're super cute with, with snacks. When my, when my son yeah. Sam sees chips, he, like... Looks like a shark who smells blood. He's like, <laughs> what are, what just, are those? The bag just crinkles and oh, they like man. come ripping down. Yeah. Do you have snacks? <laughs> here's a here's a little thing. Uh, I remember I had moved out, and it wasn't signing the lease or the fact that I was living on my own that made me feel like an adult. It was when I went shopping at Metro in Westdale for the first <laughs> you time. Do groceries? Yes, yes, but it was the cereal aisle. Oh, where I was God. like, give me cereal. I'm going to get yeah. freaking Captain Crunch and Fruit Loops because <laughs> Fruit mom's Loops not are here. A staple in our household. But it was just like having the autonomy to just pick shit yeah. off an aisle and go, I'm an adult now, man. I can do what I want. It was like, a, yeah. that was a moment, a defining yeah. moment for me. Funny, funny thing with the both pregnancies, I loved my cereal at nighttime. Yeah. Fruit Loops and Lucky Charms were. My favorite with the twins, yep. they love those. Interesting. Love those. Jasper, I actually went like a little bit healthier <laughs> and like, you know, special K or like yeah. Rice Krispies. What is your banana. favorite cereal? I'm very serious about this. because Oh, I love Fruit Loops. Yeah. I said Fruit Loops, but I'm full of shit because I never get them. Uh, Lucky Charms, I think I like it. And then I, the, the feeling of the marshmallows irks me I know. Like, on my teeth. It irritates me. Captain Crunch. 
Oh, yeah. It hurts good. so good. Yeah. It breaks oh, my... Cinnamon Toast Crunch is, is also, also phenomenal. So good. It's actually damn good. Yeah. Cinnamon Toast yeah. Crunch or Golden Grams. Oh. Apples and oranges kind of for me, and I don't know. I'll take Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah. Where do you go? Where do you and Kev love to eat in the city? Oh my God. We, we actually try to go to like, if there's somewhere new that we haven't been for a while, mm-hmm. um, we love food. Kev loves to cook. Yeah. That boy can awesome. cook a mean rack of ribs. Would you, go, would, would you guys come over for dinner? Absolutely. Why have I never invited yeah. you guys? You have. Have we, I? We have talked about this. See. Life happens. I know, but there's, there's certain people in my life or in my purview that I'm like, I hate that I don't know them more. Yeah. Or that I don't have your number or you don't have mine or like. I'll give it to or, you or, or, when or, I leave. Do you know what I mean? It's like, there's people that's yeah. like, oh, they're, they're great. Yeah. Why don't we, you know, so yeah. let's try to fix that. Sometimes yeah. the podcast is an excuse to get people Absolutely. at the table that I yeah. otherwise don't see. Um, I'm digressing now. But um, you were talking about how Kevin could cook. Yeah, he loves to cook. Awesome. When he has the time to cook, it's like, what do you want me to cook? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm so basic. Like, I, I'm more of a snacker. Yep. I'll cook when I need to. You graze? But yes. Okay. I love that. I can put together like a mean charcuterie board. But yeah, like, you know, every time I eat charcuterie, meals, I'm like, why don't I eat like this all the time? It's so damn good. <laughs> I never think about it. I'm like, this is kind of the perfect way to eat. Yeah. So funny. Um, we bumped into you at the French ages ago. I oh, see. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of, I'm like the most. You know what? Your wife and I share a birthday. You have the same birthday as her? January 21st. No kidding. Yeah. And I think. That was our birthday dinners. Oh, you might that. be right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. that's. I remember sending you guys over a bottle of wine, and I remember thinking, were we just feeling generous, or was there a reason? Yeah. Well, no, let's just call yeah. it both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not generous. Yeah. It was your no, birthday. <laughs> but now I remember that. I remember yeah. that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of full of shit when it comes to being a champion of my city because I'm like, oh, there's so many great places opening up. You got to go check out. Yeah. But I'm, I'm kind of a superstitious cook where I'm like, I'm very specific about who I'm going to let feed me. Oh. Because well, I like I what like I like. As, I feel like as a chef, that would be, that would be really hard. Yeah. Because you know good food. Yeah. You cook yeah. amazing food. Thanks, Paul. So... V- I'm not just going to let anybody touch Vietnamese, my hair. Vietnamese, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Dan Dan noodles from Szechuan Bowl. Yeah, I love my diner at uh, Russell Williams. Diner. I freaking love diners, man. Um, so at Russell Williams, there there's a there's a server there that's been there forever, and she's kind of curt and kind of not gruff. She's just like e- efficient to a fault. Yeah. And I was I'm, I'm always like, oh god, I hope I don't get her. I hope I don't get her. Um, but I can't, I went in on the morning of my wedding with my groomsmen. And when she found out it was my wedding, she was so precious. Oh my god! I and love sweet it. with I love me, it. and she was yeah. like rubbing my back, and she's like, "Oh, honey, I'm so." <laughs> I was like, "Who is this woman?" It was just like yeah. she she was switch. part of that morning, that day for me, and it yeah. was just this, it was like a I really don't know what the point of that story was, but just some of your favorites are favorites yeah. for a reason. Yeah, and then those you go to like breakfast is I love breakfast, breakfast yep. brunch, give it to me. Um, we go to Bedrock. Bistro. Never been. Oh, I, I bet you it's excellent. They just do an OG breakfast nice. so well. Nice. It's like, and it's just your regular bacon, family place. Bacon or sausage? Ooh, sausage. Same. Yeah. I love bacon. I mean, I love it. But give, but me, yeah. give me a breakfast sausage. Yeah. Uh, 
These things matter. So I'm just going to keep totally. asking these questions. You know what? Motel, their candied bacon. Yeah. Is. I've never been. They've. It's so good. They've. I mean, there's other places that have popped up, but like back in the day when we first opened Motel was like, probably gave us the most heat in terms of like competition yeah. and, and, and like people were, were talking about them. I've never actually gone in there, Yeah. but they're still doing it, doing yeah. their thing. Yeah. I miss Toronto was phenomenal for certain food haunts that uh, despite how much I love Hamilton, how much we have now. Yeah. Um, just, so just crazy. Just by virtue of population, Toronto had so many great places to go. Yeah. Eat that I'm like, Oh, I miss that. Yeah. Breakfast. So would you rather go up for breakfast than, than go up for dinner? Yeah. 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 I think that's why St. James not only did so well during COVID, but actually did better at COVID because we represent food is a creature comfort to begin with, yeah. but we do brunch and breakfast basically. And there's nothing better sometimes than like, especially later in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Brunch as like that dinner or like breakfast for dinner. Yeah, we're purveyors of bacon yes. and fat and yes. eggs. It's like that's it's people so want comforting. it. Yeah. So I'm grateful. That was a nice accidental yeah. success yeah. <laughs> story with that. Ash, uh, this has been a really nice uh, treat chatting with you. Um, I had the best time. Did you honestly? You. That's I did, so great. I did. That makes like, me happy. When am I coming back? Because yeah. I'm going to put it in my calendar. <laughs> there, there are some people that I, that I definitely want to hear from from again and yeah. catch up on things. And um, at a at a minimum, as soon as you start looking at signing a lease somewhere about your new operation, yeah. I would love to chat about that. Yeah. But uh, poke around with, with Kev. I don't think I'll get him on on his own. But I'll talk to I'd him. I'd love to hear from you guys as a couple doing yeah. what, what it is you do. It's very okay. unique. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we'll swap numbers and we're going to have, have dinner. We're going to have dinner. We're going to have a play date. 100%. Yeah. So uh, it would be, uh, I would be remiss not to mention your socials because it's, it's, you're so good at that. Please share how, how, to, how to find you. Well, I am mainly just on Instagram at Smash Hair. And I do have a website, uh, smashhair.me. And that's it. Those those two. Are you taking new new clients? At the moment, um, I will be actually towards like August. Okay. Um, Currently not right now. Um, Just because my wedding season has kind of gone into full swing. So it's pretty, pretty crazy in the schedule department. Okay. But um, yeah, I'm gonna just open up my books and take awesome take on some new peeps. Well, you're one of my uh, favorite Hamilton personalities and, and faces you. that I see. I love love bumping Likewise. into you. Yeah, Likewise. thank you. It's so nice to see you. And um, I'm just so happy to hear from you as a human, as a hairstylist, and I'm ha- I'm happy to represent uh, an industry that I have crazy respect for. And I love watching your life on, on Instagram. And thank you. Uh, thank you so much for your generosity with your time and being here. Oh, thank you and, for having me. And uh, sharing some wine with me. Yeah, this was really good. And uh, to the you listening, thank you so much for being a part of this. Episode 31 is now wrapping and uh, just grateful for every single person that's listening to this podcast. Uh, Ashley, Yuri, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. See you next time, Bye. guys.